Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. And of course, welcome, welcome to a great and beautiful day. It's Thursday. It's amazing to be here once again, sitting on this set and doing what I love to do best, which is uh, talk to people who are doing great and amazing stuff around the world, basically, because right now it's like the world is shaking, moving, and I'm bringing people who are part of that move. And of course, for a positive reason, looking out for other people. Uh, today, we're going to be having conversation that is pretty interesting. It's all about health. I mean, health health is wealth and uh, looking at the aspect of the people who are helping this um, world to move forward I'm not talking about innovators right now. I'm talking about womanhood. Uh, so if you have a woman in your life, your sister, your mother, uh, your neighbor, your colleague, I think I'll give you some few seconds to get them on to come listen to this show because it's quite important today, the conversation we're going to be having. Um, but while you're doing that, I'm going to be giving you what statistic has to say about uh, today's conversation, which is around cervical cancer screening. Yes. So according to the World Health Organization, WHO, about 20% of women in Sub-Saharan Africa has access to cervical cancer screening. Meanwhile, if you're in Africa, you know this next thing. It's all about the cost, guys. Looking at how the earning power of a woman is not so much. And they have to spend up to 70% of their earnings, monthly income, to go take care of themselves. And for a disease or a sickness, which I think is highly preventable, but due to poor access to prevention, screening, and treatment, um, about 90% of women die from this just because they can't get screened or they can't get treatment on time. And today on the show, I decided to have this conversation with an amazing person who is um, enthusiastic about biotechnology and he has a lot of skills in in vitro diagnostic pharmaceutics sales medical devices and of course business development and also is the head of east africa and anglophone west africa uh, of roche's diagnostics i'm going to be speaking today with taufik oloruko oba uh he's here with me but not in the studio he's virtually on the line with me uh hi taufik good afternoon Hey, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Awesome. Um, greetings from Nairobi. All the way. You see, on cruise control, we go out. We go out of state. So I'm not doing this just from Nigeria. I talk to people around the globe, and this is Africa continent where we connect. Welcome to Africa Tech Radio, Taufik. It's a pleasure being here. Looking forward to this. Yes. Uh, so what we do at Africa Tech Radio is we report on technological advancement in Africa. And of course, it's great to have this conversation today. As a woman, mostly passionate about the health of women and utilizing or leveraging on technology um, as a tool that could help people stay healthy. And um, I remember 2018, I did something around putting up awareness for cervical cancer screening. So in the past, the, the problem was most people weren't aware of how to go get screened or the importance of getting screened. So right now, it's a different story or different ball game entirely. Because when you talk to people about this, it's like they know now, but it's kind of super expensive. So we're going to be dabbling into all of this conversation. But first, I would say, uh, what is your relationship with technology at this stage and time? Thanks. Thanks a lot for the question. And I'll go straight into it. So technology drives me as a person innovativeness, using technology to solve problems. We've seen how, as African Africans, how we've been able to leapfrog 
using advancements and we've been able to demonstrate across various sectors um, not just in you know from from IT to fintech um and in my in in my area in in health tech mm-hmm. applying technology to solve our daily problems to make our lives easier so that's your relationship with technology makes life easier I like that. Absolutely. And also, uh, you also utilize it for your work, which also is part of helping the world become a better place for everyone to stay in. Uh, so let's just let's go straight into uh, today's conversation. Looking at the healthcare landscape in Africa, what could you say about it so far, so good? Well, that's a that's a very broad question, um, Buki. For What's sure, we have a lot. It might be it's it's we, we have come a long way. We have mm-hmm. come a really long way, but. As always, we have even further to go. The recent two years ago, I mean, we had the COVID pandemic, and that really held up a mirror to all the gaps we have in our infrastructure, in our systems, in our healthcare systems in general. And while we do have skills, we have very highly skilled people, doctors, pharmacists, lab technicians across the whole continuum of care. Um, but we we lack the right tools and the system to make them work properly. My opinion is we can't do much more, really, absolutely. I mean, there's so much more to be done, but we can't um, override the efforts that have been put into having a better healthcare system for Africans. These days, I see a lot of private sector um, coming into the space and trying to um, have their, their setup for people to be able to get quick healthcare services. Uh, what role do you think the private sector is helping when we look at disease uh, pattern, disease control and the likes of it? What role do you think the private sectors have to play? To be honest, a very, very big role. The public sector government can't do everything. Mm-hmm. This is the reality. And there are a few things that set the private sector apart that typifies a private sector company. Um, there's technical expertise, there's the speed of execution, efficiency. And when we bring this as a private sector player uh, in collaboration with public sector um, focus and needs, and we're able to then now, you know, amplify the impact we have. Basically, private sectors are driven by growth. Um, we're able to leverage on technology to improve our efficiencies and that's that's what we do um so i think it's it's it's, it's for me the role we play in disease prevention and care um specifically would run from bringing the latest tools that we have um to bear in terms of uh, disease surveillance uh, screening um diagnosis um yeah, to treatment and treatment monitoring and so on and so forth the whole continuum of care this is the strength that we play, the innovation and the ingenuity. Uh, uh, very good. Um, just looking at the disease today that we are highlighting on, uh, it's cervical cancer. And uh, when you look at the, the, the statistics, most African women are prone to this, especially those of reproductive ages. Uh, so let's start first by educating most people uh, what cervical cancer is and what are the signs and symptoms to look out for. That's interesting. Good thing is I'm not a doctor, so I'm, I won't go into all of that yeah. uh, detail. But the sad thing, and you are right, the this is one of the only cancer on oncological diseases mm-hmm. that is preventable 
there are others, but this is the, this one is clearly preventable. There's a vaccine for it, mm-hmm. and it's treatable when caught early enough. And this is why it's a, such a sad thing that our you know we have. It is right now one of the top killers in terms of mortality. Uh, it ranks way up there in our countries. Mm-hmm. Um, next to breast cancer, cervical cancer comes, and it's it's really sad. I'm happy that you mentioned your role you had in in public awareness. I think this is super important. The the difficulty with cervical cancer is that this is something that it's largely asymptomatic at the start, uh, like many of the cancer diseases. But because it's in the cervix, it's not obvious. Mm-hmm. It's not like in breast cancer where you could in during your self breast exam that you you see a lump and then you you raise the alarm and then you run. And um, with cervical cancer, it's 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 just a lesion that appears, and then it, you know you 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 can't see what's going on in there, and that is why screening becomes super 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 important, and that is why the the all the the guidelines actually once you reach a certain age, you're encouraged to go for screening mm-hmm. because you will not see any external manifestations of this disease. By the time you see the lesions, by the time you have the bleeding and the pain, it's 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 linked. You see, so this is, I think, where we, and this is a good, you know, segue into, you know, the role that screening and high quality screening becomes super important and innovations and technology become super important. What can we do to make it easier for our women to get screened? How do we ensure that the screening is accurate? It's, it's one thing to screen. It's another thing to be, to show you the right methodology. That gives you the right result. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you would go out there living in a fool's paradise, thinking, uh, "Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm free. I don't have, um, uh, you know, and, and you're not." So I'll, I'll pause there and then for us to reflect and what you think. I was actually reflecting, and when you were uh, bringing up those questions, I wanted to get your opinion as a professional and uh, leader in uh, biotechnology industry. I wanted to get your opinion around this also. The question you mentioned is quite important. Like, So what do you think we can do, the government, the people? What can we really do to um, open the space for good screening? Because then, when you look at screening, most people say it's expensive. Healthcare is far from me. I'm also coming with stigma from people. They really can't share their Mm. problems with other Africans or other people close by. What do you think we can do? Well, first thing, I think we need to recognize the very strong role Mm. in Nigeria the Ministry of Health has played. Because we were one of the first African countries to look at the screening guidelines and to update it and bring it in line with with you know the gold standard of screening globally mm-hmm. we're probably i think number three on the african continent if i'm not mistaken um this was actually back in 2018 thereabouts mm-hmm. so the recognition of the need to screen using the most effective methodology out there is acknowledged. There's actually not just the guidelines, but the policy, um, national cancer care policy for Nigeria is, you know, up to date and it's very relevant and it, it does recognize the, the current technologies that this takes place. So that, so from a policy point of view, we are fine. Hmm. But of course, the, between policy and implementation, there's a wide, there's a big gap. 
and that's where what you've mentioned around so funding is important. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to recognize the impact, the health, economic, and the very human impact that cervical cancer you know, plays and differences in our women, our wives, our mothers, our sisters, our daughters. And 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 on that front, we need to maybe bring the conversation square and full square to funding both from the public as well as the private sector, uh, bring it into uh, um, the conversation for universal health care. Uh, people do not, cannot afford to do these things. How can we ensure that the NHIS, for example, uh, has a provision for, for screening and treatment, as the case may be? How can we ensure that our various HMOs, our private insurance companies, you know, encourage this? In other countries, uh, private health insurance companies actually encourage and reward you for, for going for screening. Not only do they cover the cost, but they actually reward you if you go ahead and, and do this. Because recognize the fact that the cost of treatment mm-hmm. far, far, far outweighs the cost of prevention. Yeah, true. And it saves lives. I mean, we wouldn't have to lose so many of our women, girls. We'll have to bury them or be sad about their loss. So we'll keep them alive with us. Um, Also, I'm just looking at the statistics around or the survey around the, the African Union. So they launched the health strategy for 2016, moving all the way to 2030. And the aim of this strategy was to improve the health of Africans uh, through increased investment in healthcare infrastructure, which you said uh, they've been doing, but it's a lot of implementations to still go on in that um that sector but then at Rochers I can see you also have strategy to help deliver twice the medical advances and you're doing this at a reasonable cost to the society so to help also support sustainable development goals which I think Lagos states for example we've been having conversation on on this platform around the sustainable development goals and healthcare is also one of them so at Rochers what what do you guys offer to people Quite a lot, um, and, and thanks for that. We, we do have a 10-year strategy um, that we've developed in, in Rush Diagnostics. And maybe to step back a little, mm-hmm. um, Rush is a very unique, just to give you a bit of a highlight. Oh, on, it's on pronounced Rush. I'm sorry, Rush. Rush. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, so we're, we have the unique capabilities uh, because this is one company that our solutions span the entire value chain of healthcare from screening to diagnosis to treatments. So we have our pharmaceutical divisions with cutting-edge products and solutions for treating cancers of various forms, infectious diseases, and so on and so forth. A very wide area of solutions. And before that, we have our diagnostics, um, which is where I belong, uh, where we, we, we do, you know, we have solutions, platforms, instruments for screening and diagnosis um, all over the world. We have played a very strong role in, in Africa. We have been very, very instrumental and we played a very strong role um, in, in infectious diseases such as HIV. Um, we're a strong partner with all the stakeholders in that place. Mm-hmm. We were instrumental in the recent COVID pandemic um, using already established infrastructure. So these are the kind of things that we do and we continue to do. Uh, HPV, which is the HPV DNA, which is the current gold standard for screening cervical cancer. Um, are things that are solutions that have we have embedded into the uh, ecosystem um, in Nigeria, for example, as well. 
So what do we do? To answer your question, um, we have been able to A, establish and provide the technology to do the screenings and diagnosis of a wide range of diseases, cervical cancer inclusive. And we've been able to do this at very competitive costs, working with various stakeholders in in, in the field, working with with, um, NGOs, with um, funding organizations, working with the government, uh, and so on and so forth. So we believe very strongly in partnership. There's no one organization in the world that that can carry the weight of the healthcare burden alone. Hmm. I, I like that that you you have competitive cost because most people want to go not just the cost where they are well taken care of and you've highlighted uh, the the equipment you you're working with and you're guaranteeing that they're going to get a very very good uh, screening not just for cervical cancer for other diseases also. But then let's talk about the stages of diagnosis because most people wait till late before they start um, seeking help. So what do you advise uh, people in regards to early uh, detection and diagnosis? Thanks a lot for the question, Buki. And and the mantra, again, maybe speaking specifically to, to cervical cancer, but in general, mm-hmm. is to screen and to screen early for our women. Once you're into your teens, you need to get screened. Uh, there's follow the guidelines, follow the recommendations. Get screened. Use the best quality screen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, they're, they're well-established networks. They have very strong, um, powerful NGOs in Nigeria that are recognized worldwide. By the way, so we we do have a wealth of resources that are available for 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 counseling, for guidance. Um, for testing, for screen testing and treatment. We are blessed, actually, um, I think, from that regard. Mm-hmm. What is lacking maybe is just the awareness um, and we need to increase the noise level. What do you mean by the noise level? What you're doing right now, talking about it. Ah, and showing that, noise. Ensuring that yeah. <laughs> good noise, yes, you see. Um, and, 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 you know, let's, let's be consistent with it. Um, mm. Let's Spread the spread the word. Let the whole all our communities uh, be on the same page. We should not be disadvantaged by virtue of where we are, our. We should not be disadvantaged by virtue of our geography. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be because I'm in a city like Lagos or Abuja that I have access to all these um, solutions. Wherever I am in, in in the Federal Republic of Nigeria, I should have access to screening and and, and proper treatment. And this can only happen if we have a coordinated means of A, spreading the, 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 the awareness mm-hmm. and B, ensuring the infrastructure is there and C, ensuring that the, the funding uh, mechanisms are in place. So these three things are integral and you cannot have one without the other. Yeah, that's really that's really a good point. I'm seeing reports here that in May this year, the resolution on strengthening the diagnostic capacity was officially adopted by the WHO and the World Health Assembly also. So what are the implications of this resolution, especially looking at addressing the dual burden of communicable and non-communicable diseases, especially, again, in the low-middle-income countries? Now, looking at Africa in general, not just Nigeria, no Nairobi. Mm, absolutely. You, you know, that, that resolution, we has been something that has been in the works for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe to break it down so that we really understand what this means. 
So in, in May this year, the, you know, there was the meeting of at the World Health Assembly, where the, the resolution was made that we need to strengthen our internationally the diagnostics capacity. Why is this important? Now, it's interesting to note that less than one percent of global health budgets are actually spent on diagnostics. This is this is interesting. Then what are we treating? How can you treat what you don't know? Hmm. So this recognition at the World Health Organization's level acknowledges that public health care's you know problems can only be solved effectively by having effective and you know, capable diagnostic systems set up and embedded in the infrastructure. Although there are, it's only a resolution, it's not legally binding, mm-hmm. it's, it basically helps us to recognize that the British has seen the importance of diagnostics mm-hmm. and it, the resolution actually contains some very clear recommendations and calls to actions for all the member states um, and helps them to push towards this mind shift, you know, away from what we used to do before and helping us urge our policymakers to commit and establish national diagnostic strategies. And this is the key this is the key thing because we do not in general have a national diagnostic strategy um, embedded in our healthcare um, uh, policies. So what do you think is the way to go to embed these politi- policies? And what policies or policy would you like to see on there? What policy exactly? Yeah, um, you see, policy, it, it's it's not easy to set up policies. But then when you have the kind of guidance that the position has, has mm. now provided, it then now helps us to move in that direction. So... It, it begins with having the necessary conversations with the relevant stakeholders mm-hmm. within within the countries, um, the ministers of health, um, even the ministers of finance, um, NHIS. We need to have these very robust conversations um, and then now embed a long-term vision. You can't have short-term strategies. Mm-hmm. You, we need to have that mindset that look, I need to have a 10-year plan Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll break it into small pieces. I need to look at sustainable funding models. I need to look at af- availability and affordability of the diagnostics. Mm-hmm. I need to look at the disease burden in my in my in my country. I need to build initiatives. I need to identify innovative financing mechanisms. I need to look at partnerships between the public and private. I need to look at international funding opportunities. All sorts. There's so many moving parts, but it all starts with the conversation. It's also with us having an intention and bringing the right people together to have that conversation and set out um, the plan. Yeah, I really like the fact that it's, it, it's not just a one-body thing. It's all the, the parts coming together to make a mechanical function of the healthcare system. And um, I'm just thinking that Rich, Rich was recently awarded the WHO uh, pre- qualification for the human papillomavirus, uh, virus. And... Um, that's for the testing. So what does this mean, especially for people in the low-income area or countries? Uh, that, that's very good. So it, 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 it's particularly important for countries in the low to middle-income mm-hmm. areas because so the WHO pre-qualification is a sort of a standard. A lot of countries don't have the resources to individually authenticate the quality of be it a test or a, a drug or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. 
So the WHO does what they call a pre-qualification where it basically tests and then certifies that this test or drug or whatever it is mm. meets a standard. And so countries that fall into this bracket, it's easy for them to then now adopt this test with confidence that it, it, it will do what it says it will do. It helps them in making purchasing and implementation decisions. That's what it is really. And so by WHO pre-qualifying the Rush mm-hmm. HPV assay, mm-hmm. it gives then a wide array of countries who did not ha- have the capability of ascertaining uh, for themselves um, the full confidence that, ah, okay, fine. You know what? This Rush HPV test is good. I can go ahead and, and implement it, adopt it, and use it for my people. I feel as an, an African lady, I must say I'm guilty of this. I want to know that where I'm going to is uh, globally certified, especially when it comes to my health. I'm not going to put my health in jeopardy just because I want a cheaper cost or I think that these people offer me a close to nearly not so good service. So having this qualification by WHO is kind of huge and monumental in uh, building the confidence for women. So once they are coming in, most of the affairs are being left at the door because they know they're in good hands and uh, the qualification actually proves a, a very reasonable reasonable um, confidence boost for women and um, I'm going to ask especially for people who are listening and they're thinking how can they get themselves into Rush what country uh, is Rush established in is he in Nairobi I know I'm speaking to you you're in Nairobi at the moment and I'm in Nigeria so for people listening because we have listeners from Ghana Ethiopia we will have from United Kingdom listening to us so how can people get the access to to this healthcare service well the good thing is that we are, are everywhere everywhere we're in Africa, we're in over, yep absolutely we're in over 40 That's countries we established that we have my office is in lagos by the by the way oh. um and so uh, we, we are very much present we've been in, in this country for many 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 years <laughs> virtually i can i mean i can speak for nigeria virtually every tertiary institution has a rush platform Mm. Um, so we we provide our solutions to um, hospitals, clinics, and laboratories across, mm. and so it is relatively easy for you to get access to our, our platforms. Specifically speaking to cervical cancer screening, um, the platforms that are capable of screen using our you know of screening using the, the Rush HPV DNA screening are also available in Nigeria. Um, we have, you know, we have the, the highest, the largest footprint in Nigeria. So the chances are that um, if you're in any one of the six geopolitical zones, I can assure you that you can get access to and the Rush HPV DNA testing on our platform uh, at the major tertiary institutions and, and laboratories. Yeah, I was going to ask what other diagnostic service can they get? Because we're just on cervical cancer. What other things can they come in to check for? It's much well. So, so again, just to be clear, Rush's doesn't offer end users. I mean, we work with labs. Um, we have mm-hmm. our platforms in various labs in various different hospitals. Mm-hmm. Our platforms, our equipment, our instruments are available in most different hospitals across the country. Mm-hmm. In most of the, um, you know, in most labs, in most of the, you know, accredited 
labs across the country. Um, and the good thing about the platforms is that they're able to do a very, very, very wide range of tests. Mm. So it's, it is left to the, the lab, the individual lab or hospital, mm-hmm. um, if should they choose to utilize the wide array of tests that these instruments can do. So that is that that is and it a choice that they need to make. So it's left for so as an individual, as a lady, young lady yourself, you walk into I'm not sure where you're based, but if you walk into I'm in Lagos. I'm in Lagos. In Lagos. So yes. you, you walk into any or any of the teaching hospitals in Lagos today. Mm-hmm. Um and and you ask for whatever test you want to do. The platforms are capable of running those tests. Now, whether or not the institution itself wants to run a test is a, is a different conversation, um, but the platforms are capable of running the widest array of tests that you can possibly, you know, uh, request for. I know I know. this next question of mine is a bit tricky because I'm just thinking of my head. So it's not um, related to some of the questions I was supposed to ask. Um, I know mobile clinic is a thing now. So most people, before they get the, to the clinic, they like to check their services on their phone. And that's one advantage that technology has given us. So before approaching a clinic, can they know if, uh, you're in, if the clinic is in affiliation with Rush? Is that on? Not. No. Not so. Oh. For the moment, this isn't a solution that is available. Mm-hmm. It is an interesting thought, by the way. But Thank at you. the moment, this is not something that is on offer. Okay, my last question then would be around data because uh, right now, especially when it comes to health, I think the fintech sector, um, they've gotten so much solution in that regard. Gathering data, especially around health concerns, what do you think is the way to go for Africans? I think this is a super important area. With data comes the power to make the right decisions, informed Mm -hmm. decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And with all the platforms that are out there, the capability of using IT to link them together, together the data and use the accurate data to make decisions is super important. Our solutions have the capability of helping our policy makers. Uh, we're able to, we have the capability of, of you know, um, aggregating the data, sharing that data um, and analyzing that data to help our policy makers. This is this is the name of the game. This is the next big thing, to be honest. Thank you so much for, for that. It's been a wonderful moment with you on the show today. I think there's so much insightful things you've said and very uh, educational also in terms of awareness, in terms of what stakeholders and government policy makers can do. I'm about to just uh, go off uh, because we have other things to do. And I also know your time is quite valuable and you, you decided to share this important moment with us here. Is there any last word you'd like to put out for people in this sector, health sector, or people who are just looking to improve their health in general, or people who would like to work or partner with Rush? That's the wide array, but thanks, and thanks. I've had a nice time chatting with you. Thank I you. hope that we are able to move the needle in terms of the awareness. Cervical mm-hmm. so cancer is should not be a death sentence. Please, please, please go out there, have a discussion with your doctor, request for screening, be screened, 
and the rest will follow its natural course. In Nigeria, we are blessed. We do have the right people. We have very intelligent doctors, well-trained doctors. They know what to do. So please get swinged. That would be my biggest message. All right. Uh, is there any social media link or websites that they could check on for further information? Uh, for sure. Go to www.rush.com um, and, and seek out for HPV. You'll see a lot of information, uh, cervical cancer. You'll see a lot of information there. Thank you so much, Mr. Taufik, for your time. It's an incredible uh, conversation I've had with you today. I'm sure I'll definitely love a replay. So if you want the replay of this episode, uh, do check our website, www.africatechradio.com. And we, order, we also stream on other platforms like Spotify. A couple of them I can't remember off my head. Um, Apple Podcasts. We are on everywhere. Audio Mark. Just think about it. And uh, try to follow us on social media and also. Um, I know Mr. Taufik has to run right now it's great talking to you i look forward to having a more futuristic conversation around health uh, care and the health landscape in terms of technological advancement and innovation uh, thank you so much you're welcome cheers and bye-bye have a nice bye. day and that's it guys so you can follow us on all our social media pages we are a tech radio on instagram africa tech radio on twitter and of course africa tech radio on facebook to keep up with us and know what we're doing and how we're doing what we're doing by bringing innovators professionals experts in all sectors guys from finance to health to education Yes, uh, to even lifestyle, which is what I do on Cruise Control. I look out for everybody. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.